Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I was intrigued to see what is uh, afoot on Utah's Capitol Hill. The headline uh, this was in the Deseret News. Sex education, contraception access among pro-family proposals from Utah Democratic lawmakers. And uh, we contacted several of those lawmakers today, and we've been uh, very pleased that they were able to join us. We'll look for other opportunities as well. But Senator Kathleen Reby is joining us now, Democrat from the Cottonwood Heights area, uh, who is not only a legislator, but also is a teacher and apparently sponsoring a sex education bill in next session. So, uh, Senator, welcome and thank you for joining us on Inside Sources. Thank you so much for having me. It was interesting how many of your colleagues on Capitol Hill are engaged in uh, kind of uh, the same spirit. We have Representative Jan Daly Provost, who is also working on some legislation in this general arena. The House Minority Assistant Whip, Angela Romero. Also, we have the uh, Senate Minority Caucus Manager, Derek Kitchen. We have heard comments also from the Minority Leader, Brian King. Is, Is this just coincidence or is there a connected effort that is underway on Capitol Hill from your caucus? Uh, I think there's a connected effort for us to be more pro-family services for our most at-risk students, I mean, and families. We have looked at data and we're seeing an increase in suicide. We're seeing an increase in sexually transmitted diseases. And there's a really high rate of um, sexual assault in our in our neighborhoods. So uh, those are unfortunate and really scary trends that we'd like to curb. When we have a lay legislature, as we do, it provides some interesting challenges, but also some amazing advantages. When I talked with Carol Spackman Moss a little earlier in her leadership position within the Democratic Caucus, she for years and years was a beloved teacher at Olympus High School. You are a teacher. As a matter of fact, I understand you're substitute teaching today. I am. I'm in a sixth grade class, and it's been exciting. You see things at the ground level. You see things in the trenches, as it were. In your experience, because there are those who say, hey, I may agree with you in principle about the education side of this, passing along information, but it shouldn't be in the schools. It should be in the homes. How do you react to that? So when we meet our fellow legislators, some of them interact with a lot of different demographics and a lot of different people, but some of us only interact with the people that are like us. And so when I come to school, I've worked in Title I schools, 
and I've also worked in, you know, middle-income schools and higher-income schools. We need to recognize that not everyone's having the same experience as we are at home. And so, you know, if you don't feel comfortable about someone teaching this school, then we are going to give you an option to opt out of all of it. But the fact is that we have these alarming increases, and we really need to address them. So um, if you're a person who maybe has a parent that works or two parents that work two jobs, this might not be happening in your house. Um, I've also talked to other families who have, you know, it just is weird and they don't want to discuss it. Yeah. And also it's nice to have just a conversation that's black and white. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. I mean, when I think about my own kids who are 12 and 14, I'd rather them have a very um, concise scientific response than them looking online. I mean, the last thing I want my own kids doing is looking up something online when it regards to sex. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate what you're saying because uh, back in, in the day when I was doing a regular show here at KSL, we would talk about this often. And I'd have to sometimes even slap myself and sometimes bring it to the attention of our listeners that the Leave it to Beaver world does not exist for everybody. And as a matter of fact, in this day and age, it hardly exists for anyone where it's uh, June and Ward Cleaver and everything, you know, we're, we're going off to the insurance form in the family's one car June is, you know, vacuuming in pearls and things. It doesn't happen. You know, the warm mm-hmm. cookies sitting on the counter and those frank conversations with dear old Ward when he comes home with the Beave and Wally. It doesn't happen that way. And I appreciated, too, that you had mentioned that some kids, for some kids, I'll, I'll tell a little quick story. I thought I was being the father of the year when my daughter was very young and they were having the maturation class at Oak Ridge. She is still traumatized by the fact that I showed up. Uh, she was fine. <laughs> she was fine with her mom being there. But I thought I was going to be the father of the year and I was not the only father that was there. But Katie still mm-hmm. teases me about that. Dad, why did you come to the maturation thing? I think you hit it. I think for a lot of kids... It is a, a young adults. It is a lot better and a lot easier for them to get a very black, you put it black and white, even clinical discussion with a doctor, with a scientist, with a biologist, with a beloved teacher, with a beloved leader, you know, outside of the family. I think it can be a more comprehensive, a franker, less awkward and probably much more effective conversation. Yeah, I uh, taught at Oak Ridge for two years. It's a cute, it's a wonderful school. Right now I'm at uh, Robert Frost. But my own kids, when, you know, I asked them a question about something and I, you know, started down the road of, like, you know, a real response that was, you know, pretty generic but, you know, scientific. And he's like, Mom, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. I'm like, yeah. well, you have to, you know. Yeah. And the other part about it is if you're not telling people what a healthy relationship is, you're opening them up to an unhealthy relationship. Um you know, we have one in four kids is going to be sexually assaulted before they're 18, and that's devastating to me. But if you didn't know what assault was, you know, when you read stories about people that were assaulted in their younger years, they're like, oh, they told me this is what everyone does. Well, we should be telling kids that no one should be touching you in these specific spots. No one should be doing these specific things to you. And if you're not having that conversation with your kid, you're really opening themselves up to being preyed upon. And I really think that's important. And as a teacher, we're required to take a class to talk about how to prevent sexual abuse. And that's one of the things that they talk about, education. And telling kids exactly what's an acceptable touch and an unacceptable touch and what to do about it when it happens 
would really would remove the stigma and would help them advocate for themselves. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm glad some parents I haven't experienced this. I'm glad that it's not a higher number, but I think we can do more work to make it a smaller number and we can reduce that. I think, too, you mentioned the variety of schools that you have taught at. And in, in some schools, you'll have a single mom, a single dad, whatever, and it's kind of a miracle, you know, that they're able to put food on the table, get their kid to school, try to provide the basics. And sometimes these things that, again, in that non-existing leave-it-to-beaver world, it just doesn't happen. And there are some kids that it's a miracle they get to school at all and what's going on at home is almost unimaginable and if we don't have this available for the kids somewhere where are they going to learn it and you're right the last place we want our kids to be learning about some of this stuff is whispering from their friends and on the internet mm-hmm. and this you know some of these sexually transmitted diseases that people get they lead to real long-term health hazards and so to saddle somebody with a long-term health hazard for the rest of their life just because they didn't understand how they could prevent themselves from an illness is also criminal to me. I think that we should really be telling kids, like, this is what could possibly happen. Because, you know, I was looking at the rates in the last 10 years. We went from, like, 600 cases to 1,500, you know. And I know that we have an increase in population, but... With education, that number should really be holding steady or going down. Senator, I appreciate our conversation here. We'll have to have this conversation on TV uh, one of these weekends as well. So I hope I don't you don't mind if uh, we give you a call on this again. I'm always willing to talk about sex education. <laughs> hey, Senator, thank you. And today, teacher, thank you. And I'll let you get back to the classroom. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful afternoon. Okay, great conversation. Thank you, Senator Kathleen Reby, who is also uh, today a substitute teacher. And when we talked with Carol Spackman Moss earlier today, uh, she had just an amazing career in public education, beloved teacher at uh, at Olympus High School for years and years. And, I mean, these are our teachers that are saying, hey, you know... <laughs> Whatever your perspective is of uh, your immediate circle, your family, there are kids that need this. And I hope people heard when Senator Reby said that there would be an opt-out on this. If someone is not comfortable with this, there would be the opt-out. But, oh, my goodness, sometimes we think of our own little circle, and sometimes our own little circle is even a little glossier than maybe it really is in our own minds. There are kids, I believe that need this, absolutely need this. It'll be interesting to see what the uh, conversation is on Utah's Capitol Hill. All right, when we come back, we're going to do a little wrap-up. I'll share some of the texts that have come in on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, and uh, we'll talk about what we're going to do tomorrow, too, on Inside Sources.